we're not going to be going to war in these therapy rooms for a lot of reasons we've talked about before, right? One, it just takes way too much time. No. Once people get wound up, it <laughs> takes way too much time. The emotional flooding is, is hard to work down from in a yeah. one-hour session. And that's not our intent. That's not really even productive. And no. So we're, we're, we're not, we, we don't want to go there. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Do you have a winter sport? What's your winter shtick here? I ski. Do you? Mm-hmm. A lot? Yeah. A little? A lot. We ski a lot at Snow Basin. Well, I would say average for me. My family skis a lot. I'm more of a once a week, maybe. That's a lot a lot but not according to <laughs> kids that oh, are gosh. Yeah. getting up two three times a week yeah I've, I've gotten i guess out of the ski habit i used to go you know once every couple of times a month or something but i remember being on a lift with somebody who some locals who were counting oh yeah I, last year i was up here 175 oh times yeah i was like, like oh, once a week is like <laughs> i t for us to go that was a lot for me over the christmas break we probably went three or four and that's that's a lot for me, but no. like they count every time they though. That's what the kids are into. You know, they have the little scanner thing that tells you when you've used your pass. Oh, okay. So to get plus 80 is like. You're big time now. You're a big time. You are big time. Okay. Yes. I'm excited to see where you want to take this. Today. All right. Well, we will, we will begin then on that cue. Welcome back to counselors can help. Last session, we talked about how do you ask for stuff? Or what you could say is sort of the classical way of starting a conversation about something. Maybe a beef that you have or maybe just a, a new ask about something. But in its a perfect form of how should this look or how would we like that to look? So, And what this gets into is this series of where we are here, I think, is sort of the next evolution of that discussion, which is, okay, you've put the ask out there on the table. Mm -hmm. Stand by for reaction. Because it could be quite positive, and we're hoping for that. We're trying to set the ask up in a way with the, that the response is positive, but it may not. Mm -hmm. And something that actually just I saw this morning with a client, what if you're accused of stuff? So it's another version of this, right? It's like the person isn't asking you for something, but they're laying out an accusation, which probably you're going to get defensive and angry right mm -hmm. away. So I, I, another way to look at this, I guess, is there are many ways into this conversation and they are not from the classic ask of, I, I wish it were this way, or can we talk about this? Mm -hmm. would, you, would you agree? Mm -hmm. there, there are ways to bump into this conversation that you just weren't ready for, right. probably. Right. There's just going to be, whether you are the one asking in a way or the one that is receiving the ask, if you're feel depending on how that comes across, yeah. will be do I feel blamed? Do I feel criticized? How is that going for me? How would I like that to feel? Sure. And so there are a lot of emotions there. So we're gonna try to get into that today with a, just a, a bit of a recap on last show. And I something so I wanna admit right now, so to the to the world out there, this show does not have a producer. No. <laughs> I am the editor, right? I go back and I Don't I let them see behind the curtain. Yes, yes. I, I'm not fancy. I don't have a <laughs> producer. A producer is a way of, 
I think people bragging about their show, right? Uh, I have a producer. Um, but what I do learn when I'm going back and listening to the show is you, you sent me something in the last session. You gave me a little bit of a hint, and I did not take the hint. And I don't know if you know what that is. Or you're shaking your head yes. Liza is shaking I her do. head up and down. Well, I'm not sure. I'm actually just going off your recap notes, but of seeing something as good or bad. Right, right, right. yeah. You had mentioned that you had said that pretty early in our conversation last week that, well, let's not use good and bad and for this reason. Let's use effective or is it working and you know, that kind of stuff. But I just hung in there with the good and the bad. Just, <laughs> I just, just kept beating that drum. So I'm going to try to get away from such terminology and use something a little bit different. So that's Tell what I Tell me what, I, what it brought up in you. I'm curious, honestly. What, when you heard it over and over of this is good or bad by way of conflict or talking about conflict, what were you hearing when you heard it repeated in the podcast? It didn't, I guess, change anything for me, but I can certainly see that terminology is just not helpful. It's not useful. I'm still thinking of it in the same way. I think just need to be more mindful of how I use these words. What is good? What is bad? And I, I think it's a good discussion of, there he is. Yeah, good. See, I just said good. <laughs> I think it's a worthwhile discussion on this, but I, I can see the argument or the, not requirement, but the, a good idea to avoid those kind of words because mm -hmm. it's just not productive. Like you said, what's good for me isn't good for you mm -hmm. or vice versa. And now we're arguing over what's good. And, over you know. what's good and we, right. Go, coming at questions like this of what's working, what's not working. If something's working, I, it doesn't need a label of good or bad. It's working. Right. Yeah. So great. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So the, the, what we discussed was this ABCD idea, which I called aware. Am I upset? I mean, that's a pretty much of a red flag that everyone would agree is not a great time to bring an ask. But in this case of today, we'll be discussing if someone maybe asks you or gets you in a moment where you're not in the greatest frame of mind, is that a good time to finish that discussion, et cetera? So we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, bring the right person, trying to cultivate the right person in the discussion, compliment or see what's going right to you know, help that person along. And then you give your, I have a dream speech of what you would like things to go towards. And something else that I thought that I have done with a client recently is your I have a dream speech may be too big. Mm. And not to say that that's a, you're not allowed to have that big dream, but maybe the ask you're going for is more than that person can deliver today. Say more. Meaning that you may want something that you, let's say, have thought about in the past. And I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but it, it could be, I have a dream you and my mom will get along. There you go. Okay. And that's, this has been a thorny issue in the past, and there's been, we've discussed it, hasn't gone well. Maybe the ask isn't, could you get along with my mother? Maybe it could be, let's scale this back. Maybe the ask is, I know my mother would appreciate it if you would, I don't know, scale this back to... Maybe just check in with her, send a text occasionally, whatever. Mm -hmm. Some, something, a lesser version of that big dream of, mm -hmm. I and wish you and her could get along. Oh, I like that. I The dream could be what it feels like when there isn't tension. 
Maybe the dream is I have a dream of, of being at a family party and not feeling at odds or that there is tension or being at a family event. And highly likely your person has a similar dream. Yeah. I would like to also be at family parties with you where there is not tension between your mom and I. Hmm. Sure. I think we can kind of find common ground when we do make it smaller. Yeah. Like what is the ask? What is the actual, what is the feeling we're after? Well, and I think you've just gotten to this point. You've, you've schooled me a couple of times. The need, right? Really, it comes down to that's what, what the need is. And maybe that's a better way to always make the thing less big because we're scaling it down to mm-hmm. a need that is quite small and reasonable. Mm-hmm. The need just doesn't fit alphabetically into <laughs> ABC dream. Right. It's in the dream. We need it to be a dream. <laughs> so yeah. dream is the big. And then we can scale it down to what is the need? And what could this, I think this person actually, what, what could we set up that where we're trying to set up success here mm-hmm. and maybe we just scale it back to something, a smaller version of the big dream. And so I, I guess I would just throw that out there as a something to think about as couples or anybody in a relationship has very large, big items, feels like very weighty items they're trying to resolve. And me asking that thing in yet another way to my spouse, I don't think I'm going to get a good answer. Mm. And so what I'm throwing out there is, well, let's just scale that back and try to get into something that you and that person can agree on that maybe is a smaller version of that. Mm-hmm. And, and start there. Mm-hmm. Start there. If you And really then big, scary, big, scary, perpetual issues feel manageable. When you can practice, okay, this is the big dream, but whether it's I want more financial security, what is the need? I want to feel like I have a handle on our finances, and but when we constantly fight about the way you spend and the way I spend, what is the actual need? I want to feel secure about the way we manage money. What does that look like? The other person actually has some space to ask open-ended questions when we can actually find the emotional need of the big problem. Yeah. So the point of this, what I, the reason I brought it up is to open your mind, I guess, in the ask of how can we scale this back somehow to still get a direction that we want, but maybe not the whole enchilada here, but we're trying to allow the person or give them a chance of success here and saying yes and having this actually work. We, we don't want to set up a situation where the no is most likely because the person just can't come through with that big thing mm-hmm. that we've been fighting about for forever. And so uh, this is another way to think about it. Um, different topic. Do you think people out there want to help each other? <laughs> people listening to this show, do they, you think they're good-hearted folks out there who just, just yeah. want to help themselves and help each other? Oh, Meryl, you're tapping into <laughs> all, all my cultural roots. I am an optimist that yeah. way. I really am. That is something I bring into a room therapeutically. And I, I really do believe most therapists do have hope. They bring hope into a situation or a room. So I would say yes. Yeah, I agree. And, and, 
if a person out there is listening to this show and they want to help someone, how do you think they could help someone? What action do you think they could take <laughs> that could might actually forward help it someone? on? Forward it on would be a good forward idea. Forward it on, share it. Share it. Make a rating of the show. Mm. Uh, these apps will ask for ratings at times. Ratings, these kinds of things are a big deal. They do grow the show. And my dream is to grow the show and continue to get it to people who who need it, who are interested in the subject matter. I've almost come to the place where I'm never asking for someone ever for a dollar for this show. Mm. All I'm asking is to keep that word going, keep keep the information flowing, rate it, give me feedback, give us feedback. Send an email to Merrill at counselorscanhelp.com and give us encouragement or see what kind of information you'd like to have covered in the show. That's incredibly helpful to have insight of how can a counselor help you? What are topics that are important to you? And that's what we want to talk about in this show. And, and ultimately, those kind of ideas that people want to listen to are what attract viewers and attract people because hopefully we're landing on some ideas that are mm -hmm. important to them. So that is a hidden plug that we just did for the show. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you realize that. That was kind of a setup, but... Um, anyway, I'm just trying that as an experiment. <laughs> okay, so hidden, the next part so of the hidden. Yeah. Very good. The next part of the show is you've done the ask and you, you, we've done the things that we've just talked about. And now it's getting a little harder, right? The room's getting a little more serious. What are some things to think about in either you've been attacked back, maybe the person has responded in a snarky way that you don't appreciate, or they've just come right at you Either way, you could find yourself in this situation. What are some tools in that moment where you're starting to build a little bit of frustration or thinking about your defense, about how their information is wrong or bad, or what to do in that scenario? What to do? And I what think you've said before, it's you don't want to match the other person's intensity, right? That's usually not a good place to start no ideally you are not matching their intensity ideally you are being self-reflective and if if you are feeling those things oh I'm feeling criticized I am feeling attacked that you can say that I want to have this conversation I think it's an important conversation I am feeling attacked or I am feeling discounted because of, and then try to describe what's happening. I am feeling discounted because when I want to respond to you, you talk over me or at least give some, try to give some context of what is happening for you. But oftentimes, you know, I always say that it's like Hollywood therapy when when someone is trying to teach you I feel statements or tell me how you feel that it feels like something you've seen in a movie mm -hmm. and they really work they actually work and I feel statement is a cliche for a reason because it actually works to say I'm feeling this and I'm here I want to I want to resolve this thing but right now maybe I'm not in a good frame of mind or you know whatever I the reason I brought this idea up is because it occurred to me recently, and I think, I think this is mostly men, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be stereotypical, but I think generally we're trained this way. I think men are brought up to ignore the emotion of the conversation. We're, we are many ways told 
stop crying, the coach is yelling at you, don't be so sensitive, cut through that, ignore that. Listen to what they're telling safe, you. That's a safe stereotype that, that is meaningful to a lot of men. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm not saying women aren't, aren't, don't come up with this too, but I'm saying in general, I think every communication has a, probably an emotion and a message in it, and many people ignore the emotion or, or cast it aside or blame it as it's not the right emotion to be in this conversation. And so they get mad that it's there, they draw assumptions that it's there, or they ignore it entirely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's irrelevant or um, just not helpful mm-hmm. in their mind. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, speaking from stereotypes, men are often told they are logical and women are emotional. Well, Meryl, do you have tear ducts? Like, do they, are they on your body? I do. And I use them. If you, if you know me at all, you know, I use them. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a really critical thing. Of course you use them. Of course they're there, but they're not a very safe emotion for a man, to, a man to show publicly. Mm-hmm. What is the safest emotion that you can think of for a man to show publicly? And I don't mean safe like no one's scared. Safe as in culturally acceptable. Oh, anger, happiness. Anger, so. absolutely, without fail. Anger is the primary for a man to show. We might, we might look at him and go, oh, typical, Mwah. You know, why are you punching through drywall? But it, we, it wouldn't seem the weirdest thing we've seen. Yeah. If a woman, what is the safest emotion for a woman to show? Um, to cry. To Happiness, cry. Absolutely. Whatever. To cry. It's, it doesn't mean she wants to go around crying all the time. But if a woman bursts into tears in a public setting, nobody is like, whoa, wow, that's new. That's just a calm that that can happen but does she have a fist that could punch through drywall yes does he have tear ducts yes it's just that we have taught culturally which are emotions that are okay for you to show and which are not real okay yeah and that's what i want to get into this with this idea is to one if you are a person who feels the emotion should be ignored or shouldn't be there or it's the wrong emotion to be showing me what to do in that case because verbalizing those things like I've just said this is wrong or you shouldn't have that or whatever it is or just ignoring it flat out does do damage to the conversation almost immediately Mm -hmm. right and I don't think the people who are doing this are necessarily meaning to do it we've kind of hit on this before it's this is a thing that I think is taught and I know it was taught to me I've been in a lot of situations in sports the military you name it growing up on the farm we just didn't talk this way Right. No one said this was how you were supposed to do it. It was just get it done, do it respectfully, and that's it. If the coach yelled at you, toughen up. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just none of that kind of stuff going on. And so when someone says or laughs, well, you feel this way, what am I supposed to do with that? That's sort of irrelevant. I think we have to stop and slow, slow down and say, wait a minute, you can deal with that emotion. You can actually do something with that that actually is productive. Mm-hmm. And that's this idea of just acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledging it, that you it is happening. S- you seem upset. Mm-hmm. You, I know you're upset at me, or man, if I were you, I'd probably be upset too. Right, which comes back to 
coming at something from a place of understanding does not mean that you are accepting all the blame and that it's all your fault, but just to acknowledge that you can see someone is crying, that you can see someone is feeling something really strongly, your person, and that's okay to say, I can see you're upset. Can you tell me more? What a new experience you might have. It doesn't mean you're saying, I'm clearly making you cry. I always make you cry. Stop crying. That doesn't help anything. Yeah, you're making way too big a deal of this, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, where the emotion it's is irrelevant. It's a big irrelevant. deal to that person. Right. Or they wouldn't be having the emotional reaction they are having. Yeah. And so this gets to this idea of a tune, which we talked about a little bit last week. I think it's a, I don't know if it's a fully a Gottman idea, but you, if you just mm -hmm. hit A-T-T-U-N-E or mm -hmm. A-T-U-N-E in the, in your Google search and put something along with counseling or couples or whatever on there, you'll get this idea pop up, mm -hmm. which is an acronym too. for how to handle these kind of emotions. And the first one is awareness, the A, right? Mm -hmm. Just be aware that you are upset or they appear upset, right? That's all you have to do is notice. And the T, depending on who you listen to, can be tolerate or turn towards turn toward. or some version of I see it, I'm doing something with it mm -hmm. and not saying that this is bad or wrong or shouldn't be here. I'm allowing it to, to be here, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we together so far? Mm -hmm. And then the U is understand. So this comes to this idea of tell me about that. I, I'm aware. I see you're upset. I'm saying, ooh, I notice you're upset. Um, I suspect maybe why, but please tell me about that. Let me understand. And then you're now in listening mode, right? which again sounds so easy when you're not the one they're mad at. <laughs> it is. It's very easy <laughs> to listen to a coworker oftentimes or a neighbor or somebody, a friend, and, and jump on board with validating. Yeah, that's lame. I totally get it. I can't believe that happened. Yeah. But when it feels like it's coming towards you, it's a very different experience. That's right. And I think takes some practice and some time to I give agree. yourself, if you're trying to change this habit, I think you've got to give yourself some time to mm -hmm. learn to change this. Mm -hmm. This is a hard one. Mm -hmm. It is. To go from feeling attacked to just feeling communicated with, there's probably a reason you feel attacked. That maybe the only way someone has been able to get you to listen is to be combative. Good point. That's a hard one to kind of swallow, <laughs> but you have to kind of sit back and be like, what is it? Why do I feel attacked when this person is talking to me? What is it? Is it the tone? Is it the way they ask or talk to me? What is it? And does it happen in more than one relationship? Yeah. And the next thing, which sort of goes along with this idea of the N, is non-defensive listening which is what you're, you're getting to, right? You're trying to learn to manage your own emotion to then listen to what they have to say, understand first where they're coming from or what the issue is or what's some details, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then the next part is this non-defensive listening of, this is where a lot of the validation's coming from, right? Of, of just trying to validate their experience and listen to what they have to say, even if it's pointed in your direction. And mm -hmm. I think you ask what is an effective question to ask. I think one of the most 
critical and helpful open-ended questions is help me understand dot, dot, dot. When you say this phrase, help me understand what that means to you. And I think those are another idea that I would throw in here along with that of, of getting the questions out because you may not be able to get to the question. I have found myself in this spot and how this attune was explained to me that if you if you think of it as a top down, like it's like on a piece of paper, A is at the top and T you, you know, going mm -hmm. down. If you're having trouble, if you're becoming defensive, if you're becoming angry, to work your way back up the scale, work your way back up the word, you probably haven't allowed for the person to be angry. Mm -hmm. You probably haven't allowed for them to have the emotion that they have. So until you allow and say, it's okay that you're angry, until you really do that, you really can't listen to what they have to say, especially if it's pointed at you. Mm -hmm. I th and I think that's a very good way to think of it. It's like, I haven't done the work yet to get to the listening or to get to the understanding, but I'm still mad that they're yelling at me. Mm -hmm. I'm still mad that they sort of went at me. I'm not tolerant yet I, of what's happening, and I'm definitely turning away. And I'm probably not quite aware. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of a little little steps here, but I think you could see where it could go wrong or just maybe replay an old argument in your head and go, you know what, I think when this person came at me then I shut down pretty much right from the get-go. Mm -hmm. And I can see why I do that. So what would I be doing different next time when this person came at me to then go, hmm, okay, let's think about this a different way. They're upset. How could I have a conversation and allow them to be upset? Mm -hmm. That takes some thought. That takes a little planning. It takes a little practice. It takes a lot of patience for self. Instead of feeling like I, I'll never get this or he'll never get this or she'll never get this, just giving people, giving our person some space to try to do it different. And I really think that starts with yourself. And even if you have to reround, just because you, okay, now I'm aware that this is happening and then I get a little defensive and I turn away. If I can be aware of that and go back up to aware, I like how you said that. It's very visual of going back up to aware. Okay, so what would it look like to turn towards? It's a slow process mm -hmm. and it can be really annoying to practice and be like, oh, I just let me take a pill <laughs> to be a better communicator. Yeah. Or this may be where you ask for a timeout or, mm -hmm. you know, or be able to say, okay, this isn't going the way I want. I, I need to think about this or let's take a, a minute or take a break or whatever to be able to kind of go back to it. Again, that's another skill right there. Of just, Absolutely. Just noticing that this thing is going off the rails. There's nothing productive happening here. How do we hit the timeout? Oh, yeah. One of the most compelling uh, research from the Gottman Institute of the thousand couples is the heart rate monitor that he had them wear, that he would have couples wear. The reason why the data is so compelling is because people can visually relate to my blood pressure goes up when this happens. So you could visually see, oh, that's what it looks like when I am not aware or I am not being tolerant. There was actual evidence and I think most people can relate to that. I feel my, my heart starts racing. I feel 
like my hands get clammy. Like there is actual evidence to why couples do conflict the way they do. And I think where it goes wrong is those moments turn into destructive mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. or fights or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it because of that emotion. It's the idea of this whole thing is to be able to notice that emotion and somehow not throw it out of the room, but allow it to be there, in, but in a way that's productive, right? And a way t- that's productive and feeling that rush and pumping the brakes on it instead of just barreling through and having the same argument or having the same reactive behavior, pumping brakes and, and sensing that that's happening. Yeah. And one thing that I, this idea of the non-defensive listening and understanding, I think hopefully what's about to occur is you're able to think about the problem in a new way and not a way that is just, I need to defend myself. This is the people's court. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to give their spiel. I'm going to give my spiel and I don't know, nothing happens or we both wind up angry. Um, can you in the moment go, oh, what is the person's real need? Or can I, can I get us to stop arguing about the sequence of events that occurred, which led to the whatever child getting Blow left at the daycare up. center or you know, <laughs> whatever it is, something happened. So somebody told something to somebody, mm-hmm. but really that's not the need, is it? No. In fact, when we are like when we give ourselves patient, like give ourselves some space to be patient with ourselves, I think it's so much easier to be curious about that, to be paying attention to what is the need instead of what is my defense? I feel attacked, but get curious. What is she actually asking me for? What is the need? Even if she can't identify it. Maybe yeah. you're the one looking for it. Is there a way to ask somebody this question? Mm-hmm. It seems like kind of, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of what a good way in the moment to even ask that question. I can see that this is really important to you. I, can, I know you well enough to see that this is upsetting to you. What is it that you are asking me? Or what is the need here? To actually ask them what is the need. I just want to be at a family party without you and my mom going at it. Like, I hate that you argue each time we're at this family party. Clearly, this is a session that I just had. <laughs> it keeps coming this, up. These details resemble no one's these, real life. This they're is just no they're, one's real life. Totally made up but ideas. But I was, I, the need is even in that moment, that person may not be able to express what their dream is or what the need is. But if the other person is also trying to attune, then ideally they are looking for that themselves. Hmm. Or or maybe you can plant some questions which could go like, and I I don't know if this is productive. I'd like to hear your opinion on it. It could be like, do you think that I was ignoring you or do you think that I'm not listening? Or, I mean, I get, you're trying to probe, I guess, into what is the need. I mean, is it, is it helpful to sort of name those things or is it not helpful? I would, I, I think it can be helpful to say, do you think I was not doing that? But that could also trigger a critical um, narrowing or, or mm-hmm. putting someone else to the defense. Maybe something like, what would it look like? What, what does it look like to you? Because maybe 
the family party, just going back to the same example, they're not talking at all. And that to you is very loud in this person that's in between, right? Yeah. Oh, you, you just don't get along and they're not talking at all. But this person in between is saying, I, I guess it looks like you sitting down with my mom and saying, hey, I guess it looks like conversation. I guess it looks like instead of doing that look where you're on your phone at the party or you sit in the corner that you're engaging, what does, what does me engaging with your family say to you? And then the other person can say, yeah, I, when you're not on your phone and you're talking to my mom, to me, it makes me feel like you care about being where I am. I don't know why. I don't know why that is, but I, I feels like I matter to you and that you're engaging in, in the room with yeah. me. And it can feel very different when you can ask, what would that look like? And we're trying to get to that need ultimately, which is probably going to be always look different between two different people, right? It's how they go about getting to that is mm -hmm. probably different. And this is uh, maybe a good way to end this show is this is why a, a marriage and family therapist or counselor, whoever you go see helping you through this, this is what their job is, right? Because you and the other person or maybe a person that's not in the room, mm -hmm. we're looking for the therapist's help to have you walk through these kinds of ideas, walk mm -hmm. through these different, well, let's, let's try it this way. How would it work that way? No, she'll say this and, you know, whatever. Um, or if you're both in the room, a couple, to be able to say, okay, let's talk about solving a small thing here and let's just, we have some basic ideas, what we're going to try to do, mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to help you with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach you with that, and mm -hmm. I may call timeout a couple times. Don't take offense, but we're going we're gonna to walk through a couple of these. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the beauty of the whole process, right? Sure. You can pick out the ways we talk to each other without even realizing that you're making critical statements and that you're triggering each other inadvertently, completely not intentionally, but just by simple vocabulary, the yeah. assumptive talking to each other, and even just having a counselor kind of say, tell me what that looks like, discuss this for me. A counselor can pick that out and say, what does that feel like when he asks you that? And what does that feel like when she responds like that? What does that feel like to you? Yeah. And then you can take the conversation much slower. I often wonder if it really always comes down to people who don't want to come into counseling, which is sort of the idea of the show, is that really there is that person who's going to be telling me what to do or in some ways, you know, judging me in some, some way. And I feel kind of embarrassed that we're in this situation and I don't really want to be here. And, but yet I feel like things have gotten bad enough or, like you said, there's some sort of point of I can't take this anymore kind of thing. Um, there are so many things that stop people from coming in. And my, my sense is, I don't know if the Gottmans ever did any research on this or if there's research out there as to how long that, I, that idea can change with a good therapist, how, how fast that can change with a couple who's in the room and goes, oh, I'm so glad we came in here. Ideally, not very long. <laughs> What's the answer to that? One session? But I mean, that's five that's minutes, hopefully. But it can be fast, mm -hmm. right? You can model, a good therapist can model for them a mentoring 
of being curious. Let's, let's be curious about what's happening instead of blaming. So if I'm asking a couple not to blame each other or to be critical, what, how helpful would that be if I were to point out that it's somebody's fault that that's happening? I would want to be a mentor of what it looks like to be curious about something. What's that like to feel that? And ideally, you're bringing all the emotion out in the room in a safe way that's not blaming or critical. And we know that the best work's going to get done in a therapy room if, if everybody in the room wants to be there and it feels like they're invested in the process mm-hmm. somehow. We know that... Which is not session one. <laughs> <laughs> right. We know that, we're, but we're trying to cultivate that, sure. that idea so that, hey, you will come back. We, we, you will see progress. This, you can do this. We, we can make this the way you want it to be, the way you dreamt or imagined your relationship would be. Mm-hmm. We can do it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be scary. I'm going to help you do it. I'm going to stop if you have questions. Mm-hmm. We'll, 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 we'll figure this out together. And probably because no one has ever showed you any of this stuff before. Oh, just like what you said about this was just taught to me. This was the way I was taught. And so all it is is being curious enough to think there might be another way to do that that is more helpful. We mentioned it before. This idea of the process or going about these things really diffuses the idea of they're wrong, I'm right, um, we've got to find a winner to this solution here. The idea is more of you can probably find ways to quickly take the heat out of anything if you mm-hmm. have the right process mm-hmm. and, and maybe have a better understanding of where each other's coming from. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's the, the bottom line, right? That's what we're trying to get to. Ideally, absolutely. And so we're not going to be going to war in these therapy rooms for a lot of reasons we've talked about before, right? One, it just takes way too much time. No. Once people get wound <laughs> up, that takes way yeah. too much time. The emotional flooding is, is hard to work down from in a yeah. one-hour session. And that's not our intent. That's not really even productive. And no. so we're, we're, we're not, we, d- we don't want to go there. So oh. last thoughts on this? We, we are, so we are much, out of time. Yes, so much good content there. I really love the concept of attuning and going back up the ladder. That you don't have just because you're now on N does not mean I have to stay there. If that's not feeling like that's getting there, go back up. Go back up to understand. And just practicing this, I think it is a skill. It's something people have to practice and think about a little bit and maybe go back to old arguments in their head or even, like I said, just practicing them in the therapy session with a couple Mm -hmm. of like, okay, we're going to bring in this subject matter and let's Mm -hmm. just sort of go for it. I'm going to, you know, you start, you know, go. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's so much use, I think, that could be gained out of that that totally, I was never, I didn't know about any of this stuff until I started studying it in depth. I've never heard don't many of these concepts ever talked about, ever. No, I don't think most of us had before yeah. school. And honestly, I can think back to times in my life where I certainly didn't apply them. <laughs> <laughs> Daily. And... Mm-hmm. And some of those times aren't that long ago, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Uh, but you got to, I don't know, we're, just, we're all just trying to get better, better, smarter. Um, great show, I think, is a good discussion again on that. What do you do after the ask? But these kind of moments are going to happen. There, there's going to be upset feelings, and we're trying to figure out how to work through those to actually get to something productive is, is the bottom line. And, and just a shouting match generally doesn't end in anything productive. So the goal is to avoid that, and we're trying to give you tips on how to do that. 
And we'll discuss something else along the relationship line the next time on Counselors Can Help. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.